Hi, this is Mark Steven Johnson, the writer and director of Daredevil. I'm Avi Arad, the producer of Daredevil. And welcome to Daredevil 1.5, the director's edition. We are really excited to show you the full movie. The... Hey, Avi, wasn't, wasn't the, uh, the logo coming up for Marvel, wasn't this the first time you put sound to it? Yes, as a matter of fact, uh, in Spider-Man, the sound was part of the soundtrack, mm. and here we actually put, uh, ah, is that cool? It's the best. I remember it's, when I saw this for the first time and the whole audience cheered and you're like... It's like a mini movie before <laughs> the movie. Well, what's cool about it is that you can't even tell, you can't quite pick each one out. You try to. We worked very impossible. hard to keep equality, so there's not one full character inside the lettering. Mm. But then the studio started catching up to it, like um, Hulk actually made it in green and all the little images inside right. are Hulk images from the book. They're actually, if you look closely, if you go by frame, 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 it's, uh, it's all Dazzler. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. It's actually Dazzler in every panel, wearing yeah. a different outfit, different sassy outfit. Screaming. <laughs> Screaming. <laughs> Well, that's this main title was very cool. Yeah, these guys did a great job. It really, it kept us in the city. This was actually, and it was actually something that I had written down on page one as an idea that I always had of, of doing the the lights and having it turn to braille. I remember that was one of the first things I wrote, very first line, roll credits, and so this was something that was in my mind for a long time. They they did a really terrific job. This is going to be, I mean, before the movie starts, we should say, it's, it's going to be interesting because Avi and I, obviously, we were the start of this, the two of us, many years ago when I started chasing Avi around to get this gig. And it'll be interesting to watch this together because this was the original, the this original vision. The, the original know? vision, the script we, we all loved. And, and there is a process when the movie is done. There are issues and reasons sometimes to make movies shorter. Mm -hmm. and sometimes not and that's why this is really exciting because it's a, the it's story a different we movie. set out to tell yeah it is and it's there's there's a couple times in the movie too where I even I change some things that I don't even know if they're necessarily an improvement you know some some of the things in the theatrical I like like the love scene and things like that that we'll talk about as we go through but I, I thought you know we've already seen that version you know people should see something different you know this should be a, a different kind of a thing well, in a way, it's a luxury to have a DVD that actually gives you the same movie, but yet different. Yeah. And it shows you what direction. And, and again, we, 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 we should emphasize that some of the footage in the director cut was really not completed. Mm -hmm. So some things that are there, once they would have been finished from CG standpoint, mm -hmm. would have integrated even better. But the idea was for us to tell, to really show Matt Murdock's life as a lawyer and let him solve a mystery, let him make a case. And, and sometimes there is a fear that maybe audiences, uh, they wouldn't be able to sit through the whole thing. And hopefully this movie will uh, change everybody's mind and uh, some amazing performances that that I really missed Me from, too. from movie one. Yeah, that, those are those are tough decisions. And it's interesting because people don't realize 
as you said, Avi, I mean, what a movie goes through, the amount of pressure on a movie this size, the amount of, uh, you know, politics, and, and, and it's all part of the process, And uh, but it's a tough process, and this one was exceptionally tough, I thought, and um, for all the right reasons, again, I think, you know, for me as a, as a real new director, I felt responsible to the studio, you know, and the, and the studio wants that movie to be under 100 minutes and to move like a bat out of hell. And, and you know, you have to respect that, you know, because I, I feel responsibility for them to do well and to, and to make money. And at the same time, that, that's at odds with me as a writer and as a fan of the comic at times because I love Matt Murdock as the blind detective. And I love him sticking up for the little guy in Hell's Kitchen that nobody else will and how that ultimately leads to the downfall of the Kingpin. And a lot of that story that got lifted out... You know, that was, I think, the biggest criticism of the film was there wasn't enough story. You know, people people liked it, but they said there wasn't enough going on. And I think that this version of the movie is much more of a big hero's journey, much more of an opera to it. You know? Well, there, there are two things in this version that I think. One, I think we are all going to see Coolio, who we didn't see at all in movie one, is uh, one hell of an actor. He's great. He, is he like, really is. He, he should have his own stand-up uh, act. He's just incredible. And John Favreau, we missed the, the, the body wow. aspect. That was the, the hardest thing for me, you know that. Yeah. That was very hard, Yeah. especially that the two of them together, they were born to tease each other. Yeah. I mean, ben and him is like... It really, really worked. Uh, it, it was really, really heartbreaking to cut that stuff. But it's no longer a heartbreaker. Now you can see ah, it you're right, right here. <laughs> I mean, uh, it will be great. And you know what? It, in, in all fairness, I totally understand the studio need to feel they need to move action movies rather quickly. Sure. Uh, we had experiences with movies that we kept it longer and and they are both working and that's that's the luxury now we can look at both and and enjoy yeah and, and let people decide for themselves which which version they like better this is i think the first change the first cut that i made that was hard is of course i love father son stories and and now this is a, a different version you're gonna you're watching here where there's more between father and son Kids got a little bit more attitude because they kept giving me shit and what kind of shit? Don't curse. What kind of shit? And it's a fun little beat. It's it shows how much these two love each other. Dad's trying to do the right thing. He's trying to teach his son, but even as he's trying to teach him, he's cursing himself, and it tells you a lot, you know. This this origin story. There's some nice beats to it that got that got lost with young Matt's heartbreak, discovering that his father's been lying to him. You think I'd be pulling double overtime down at the docks? I was working for Fallon. What, are you nuts? You don't hit nothing but books, get me? You'd be a doctor, a lawyer. Not like me. Dad. Matt, you can do it. You can do anything. What I loved about this scene, the kid is really smart. He knows that his daddy is in a, in a bad place. Mm. And all what he can do is make sure... It, it's like I will take care of you, Dad, and and yeah, we always love forever. That. The whole mission, the whole change of this boy into a young man. Uh, Here's a whole new scene. Remember, this is yeah. one of the first things we shot. This is down at the docks at San Pedro. This is all new. This was not in the theatrical version. 
Um, and and what, what you miss here is you really miss his, his excitement. He's coming to show his dad, hey, dad, look, I listened, and, and I'm doing great. I got straight A's. And I always thought this was a beautiful shot of the boy, you know. He's literally surrounded by danger. There, there's fire. There's, there's uh, dangerous machinery. And he's just walking through it. He doesn't care. You know, he doesn't look twice. He's just looking for his dad. He's one track mind. What are you trying to get yourself killed? Hey, I'm uh, looking for my dad, Jack Murdoch. You seen him around? Murdoch? Nah, he, he ain't worked here in months. Now beat it, huh? God, we had so much trouble with this kid's hair. Remember that? The color red yeah. in this movie became a, a big uh, deal and it just drove us insane. He came to say to his dad, remember dad? I hit the books, I hit the books, you know? In the movie, we cut right into that. Yeah. It's funny because you really, for me anyway, when I watch movies and what I remember, it's all the small things. You know, it's the little things. And those are the things that get lost that, are, that you'll see in here that are, are moments. And uh, that doesn't sound like much, but when you add them all up, it makes a world of difference. Well, I think, especially in this story, especially in Daredevil, the drama of realizing that the father had no other way but to lie to him and catching... And the kid was suspicious of it because the kids were telling him all that. Uh, it ties very well to the first time you see the father and son. But anyhow, it, it, it worked the other way too. I'm really proud of the sound design on this movie. I think there's some really interesting stuff that you haven't seen before as far as the world of sound. And this is the introduction of that in the film. This effect of Shadow World is ultimately, what do you think, Avi? How do you, how do you feel about it in hindsight? In hindsight, I, I think that it worked extremely well. Because mm -hmm. we were trying to communicate Communicate the way it really works. If a person was sighted at birth and has a point of a point for which he knows what the world looks like, he's in a room, he knows their walls, their windows. This, this echolocation really worked here. And we see how in the beginning of the movie, he's confused because he cannot decipher size, time, mm -hmm. location. And as he's getting better, being a blind kid, he can decipher images to pinpoint them, and it becomes, instead of a handicap, it becomes a special power, mm. special ability. This scene, what was amazing emotionally for me was, once he knew what happened, he understood what happened. He knew that this miserable life he had the fathers, it was a problem. It all culminated to this terrible accident. Mm -hmm. And therefore, he had to be really strong here. And this is... this is. Uh... He had to be stronger than his father because otherwise the guilt would That's have been right. too much to bear. And this, this is also new in the scene. Um, this is uh, an extended version of the scene, which I think is more emotional than what was in the theatrical version. Again, just taking the time with it more. The strength of the boy, as you said, Avi, I, I hear everything. I could hear you down the hall, you know. Um, 
the kid, I, I think in this this version of the movie, the kid is definitely stronger, and he's not as much of a victim. It's also this is a moment that needed to to breathe. That there's some things that the emotion is coming out of. Just stay there. Let us understand. The father knows my kid is blind because of me. It, it's it's painful. And it's really, in a way, the beginning of the saga. That's the kickoff yeah. for Daredevil. I had lost my sight, but I got something back in return. My remaining four senses functioned with superhuman sharpness. But most amazing of all, my sense of sound gave off a kind of radar sense. That was the beginning of his realization. Mm -hmm. That there is a silver cloud. Something happened to him that that will be manageable. Life is not that bad. Actually, the kid in our movie, I thought, was always optimistic. There was no bitterness. There yeah. was no. There was sadness. There was, but he was never bitter. Which I thought was terrific. Whoops. Yeah, that wasn't too good. We got a couple of jumps in there. Yeah, a couple of jumps. That, uh... yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is okay. I mean... There's, there's a couple of times in the movie where we've got a few pieces of wire work that... Uh, just sometimes they work. Sometimes, sometimes they don't. They don't. So... It's also shots like that, like on a ledge and stuff. It has a lot to do with the budget. The yeah, I mean, thing. Daredevil was a movie that started out with a certain budget, and and um, they gave us more money, which is a great thing. The bad thing is that you don't have time to prepare as much as you could have if you had the money up front, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, this was not a $100, $150 million budget movie like a Spider-Man or a Hulk in, or something in, like that. In this genre, for what we made this movie... It, it was an incredible accomplishment, incredible, to, to get all this action, all these visual effects. Yeah, I yeah. think we got a lot for our money, I really do. This is all new here, an extended version of this fight, and our boy defending himself. The genesis yeah, of the Yeah, that fight. was a fun thing to it do. It was a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh boy. I love the tap, 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 tap. Just a blind boy going on his way now. Yeah, I actually like the extended fight, but I always liked the, the way he gave, got him in the face. Yeah. It's like a cheer moment, you know? Never stop. Did you really think you won those fights on your own? You're 42 years old. Miller, Mac, Bendis, they're all my fighters. Just like you. And now it's your turn to take a fall. Now this coming up is is all new. I really like this. This approach to the uh, to the ring here never made the movie. Um, again, this is where you take your time and, and, and you're, you're seeing literally a boy walking in his father's shadow. And what's he going to do? What's the what's the devil Murdoch going to do at the end of that hall? He's going to have to make a decision. 
I totally missed this shot. Such a classic. It's the first time you understand the devil. Here he's walking in his father's shadow. And especially later when the kid runs with the same gown. Yeah. Then the uh, the fight coming up is an extended fight as well. You see the boys just soaking it all in. And again, you can you can have a you can have a boxing scene like this, and you can say, let's just you know let's get through it. But the point is, is that as this is going on, you know, there, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of drama going on here. What's he going to do? He's looking he's looking to, you know, the bad guy. He's looking to his son, and he's got to make a decision here. And you and, you know, when you take your time with it, it's it, it's a lot more powerful. As he's uh, as he's, he you know he's he's made a deal with the devil here, and he's got to decide what he's going to do about it. Do you remember Mark at one time? We talked about, as a matter of fact, we had it in, in the draft. The reason this moment needed to be cherished and longer, because at one time, the father wouldn't have come up if the son wasn't cheering him up. Right. He resigned to the fact that he's going to take the fall, he's going to take the money, and continue, just be with his boy, and, and go on with his life. But once the son was there, get up, and not knowing about this deal, he, in essence, signed his own death sentence. Mm -hmm. And remember, we had it in one of, you actually wrote it. It's a saying, you know why your father died? Yeah. Because you didn't want him. You killed your father, you not me. You killed your father, yeah. not me. That's one of my favorite shots. This, uh, waited outside of the Olympic for my father. This origin story is the boy with the horns. That's a new shot right there. It's always interesting when you think about the things that became issues that are so small. I remember the shot of that, that window coming up. The studio didn't like it. It became like, get rid of it. What's it doing in there? Get rid of it. And I'd leave it in. It's still in there. It's like it became a, you know, now you look at it like, well, why, why did that matter? If the window went up, I think there was some feeling that you didn't want to know that it was him. Some confusion over the, the whole Kingpin's involvement. The idea is supposed to be, obviously, that the Kingpin's the enforcer working for Fallon. There was another scene in the script where you wrote a scene here before the car left. One of the scenes we played with is 
for him to say, what do you want to do with a kid? And someone say, he's blind. Yeah, let him be. Right. Not realizing that. That's right. That he they... was going to register everything of this moment That's somehow. That's right. That's right. It's good memory. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, it's it. a blind kid. I loved it. Ah, blind kid. But remember, actually, then, Avi, beyond that, we had him going to ID the killer. Remember That's that it. at the police station? The sound. Yeah. Sound bite. Yeah. And they couldn't, and so the guy got away because they couldn't trust that a blind kid would be yep. able to ID anybody. It's kind of the beginning of the unjust and the prejudice towards him and his handicap. It's interesting. This is a picture of a very wet Ben. <laughs> <laughs> and all the sounds are coming in. I remember this This was cut out of the movie too. Crack, yeah. crack of the knees. Yeah. I love this. I love this North Dallas 40, the hero getting up in the morning. This is always... Him alone in his apartment are some of my favorite scenes just to show the real life aspect of the superhero, you know? To the uh, what it feels like to get up every morning after being out all night fighting crime and the loneliness of that. At least we got some of it back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> all the tricks that we learned a lot. So that's really interesting. People don't know what is a life of a blind person. Right. How do they know if they have ten, twenty dollar bill? How do they decide what to wear? Yeah. You notice they didn't have to put on the lights. It's, uh, and that was actually an issue in the production design of this scene. Uh, yeah. We'd be like, it's too dark in here. We're like, well, why would he have lights? <laughs> He's blind. So we had to put, uh, you see a lot of sunlight coming through and just trying to help that, help that illuminate. Okay. And so here we go. This is uh, an extended version of this scene as well. Mr. Casada, would you state for the court the sequence of events leading up I'm very happy with the contrast of the different textures and colors in this film. Um, you know, when you go from a Matt Murdock world to this courtroom, these ugly fluorescents, the green, the humming lights, just, you know, it's a miserable place for Matt Murdock to be. It's, it's just an attack on his senses. Anything that happened after that was entirely consensual. Victor is a bad guy. Are you aware that perjury is a crime, Mr. Kasana? Objection. My client is a respectable member of the community. Where Miss Sutton has a history of drugs. My client and is not on trial here. This not only makes her testimony Nor suspect. Nor is her testimony suspect. Gentlemen, that's enough. I remember what you wanted to do is make this court so gloomy. And, and Yeah, I wanted him to be like a lion in a cage. Yeah. You know, and, and that's uh it smells in there, it's hot in there, it's got sweat on his forehead. He can't wait to get out. He feels powerless in here, and that's why you see him leave the frame here. He's always got to step into frame. He can never move the camera because he doesn't have that kind of power in this courtroom. Whereas Daredevil, the frame's just rushing to catch up with him. Now, this is a new scene here, um, which I like. I mean, I love his move here, pulling his arm away, how angry he is. This is all leading up to why he does what he does in the theatrical release. We just jump into them at the top of the steps. I like all this, you know, the Hell's Kitchen. Again, this is a big part of the story that you're going to see coming up now is Hell's Kitchen, the little person, and, you know, this one happened to shoes from the Upper East Side, that kind of thing. We can't. Kingpin's got to be footing the bill. We introduce here at the Kingpin is a character out there that we're going to get to know better, but in the theatrical release, we really didn't get to know him as much as we're going to now. And, and especially, we're not going to, we didn't get to see the threat that we will in this version of the film. All of this threat you're seeing here was done in 
Erickson Kors living room, <laughs> which is so funny to me. You know, he's like, you see these cool little bits and stuff, and it was done in a one-bedroom house. Custom came out great. It's uh, that's another long story. Oh, I think James Atchison. But in retrospect, all ended up great. This this entire sequence came out fantastic. Yeah, I, I like this sequence. Uh, you know the the biggest the biggest uh, complaint one, of this was one frame of CGI here. It's all <laughs> Ben doing everything and no stuntman. No stuntman. This is all Affleck. Unbelievable. It's. Uh, Oh, this is this is gonna be fun to watch this now. This year of ballet dancing by Affleck finally paid the, off. This uh, this whole Josie's bar sequence now is a much extended scene. Um, none of this that you're seeing right now was in the theatrical version. Josie of Josie's bar, my friend Dan Wang there on the right, who uh, blew his eye out, <laughs> blood vessel in his eye, doing a stunt that never made the movie. Yeah, I missed that. Yeah, this is great stuff. I but love. It, see, now I is, love this because it is see, a biker bar. This is special bar. sentiment for us. It's Take great. A, yeah. I mean, this is this is hogs right. and heifers. These are real places, you know, in New York City. I remember, Avi. There was a lot of, you know, concern that it'd be more of a hipper bar. There'd be business yeah. people there and young people there, and so you'll, if you look, you might see a few people with ties, and <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, it is what it is. It's a, you know, it's a it's a hogs and heifers type uh, biker bar. But the biker bar thing, I think it's a little bit of nepotism by uh, Mark and myself, um, partial to motorcycles. Yeah, my bike is actually in this scene. Uh, Brought it in. Of course, it got nailed by spark shooting and ended up getting all burned up. What do you want? A lot yeah. of a lot of the comments were. Uh, of of this thing, a lot of the you know discussion with the studio is that there was too much fighting, too much chopping and kicking and punching. I like kicking and punching. <laughs> I like kung fu. I like. I'm very proud. I think that he moves as good or better than I've ever seen in a superhero movie. In my own belief that that that's you know I think he moves well. Obviously, a lot better than Batman. The character, really, I think, is fantastic in this scene. And here you'll see him stick fighting, which is new. With uh, I think there's like five people around him, and, and I love that kind of stuff. I think it's like, yeah, you got to believe this guy without having a gun or anything can defend himself against all these people. Um, and it's, it's, very it's a very different fighting style. It's really. So you remember all this? Yeah. This is all new. Wow. This is this is great stuff, man. People, I mean, look at that. Didn't That's we have so the whole cool. thing? No, we didn't. We cut it. Wow. So I... yeah, I know it's great stuff, and and uh, there's some more of it coming up here too I, I thought this was a cool idea to drop out the uh, music it was yes. a last minute decision remember yep. we had different kinds of music playing in yep. here and score that Graham did which was great score but we thought you know what's going to make this different from the blade fights or the other great here comes fights? my favorite moment the surfing surfing yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was fit and yeah this stuff was great Yeah. <laughs> 
This is cool. This yeah, is the I beginning of this. this echolocation thing. Yeah, how does he use his environment to find out? It's great how he follows him out. It's yeah. This is kind of an interesting because I mean, just as a as a comic fan and as a director, I love the, I love this visual right here. I think it's just cool. It's just badass. It doesn't make a ton of sense because he's done all this. Like this is all new. This was not the theatrical release. And there he is. Because this is all, none of this was in the theatrical release. So he's there, and he lets him run out. Which wasn't probably the most sensible thing in the world. But visually, it looks pretty damn cool. So, you know, Daredevil came in, he cleaned the place up, took out about 40, 50 people, and lets the guy get away. I guess we could argue and say he's toying with him. Casada <laughs> is. Casada is a weasel. He's, he's, a he's weasel. tricky. He's he tricky. let everybody in the fight and he got out. But I think there is a moment here in which Daredevil wants to. He wants to install some fear in this guy because the idea is he's trying to get something out of him. What he's really out to is to get the confession get the guy to to beg for his life. Uh, I mean, this is an interesting thing for you and I to talk about um, because this was very controversial what's coming yeah, up here. Yeah. And uh, we, you and I, I know we had some big discussions on it. How do you feel now in hindsight with the idea of Daredevil letting this guy... You know, Daredevil in self-defense, you know, it, the guy ends up on the tracks through Daredevil defending himself, but he could have pulled him off those tracks. He could have. I And he didn't. As you know, I've, I've been consistent with that I felt that I would have rather him spare him. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not really, he's never going to spare him because he's going to haunt him until he comes clean. Mm -hmm. And because of the setup, could be seemed like premeditated. Mm -hmm. You know, there is a funny line here. I mean, there's a little, a little, you see, at this point, when he does that, when the self-defense is, the question is, what could we have done? Could he have taken the thing out? And if you remember, one of the things that we couldn't do at the time is move the train closer. Because mm -hmm. if if it was a one-two, he just went in. Right, he could have got nailed right there. If he Over. could have gotten nailed right there, that's one thing. But if he's saying, give me your hand or something, at least giving it a shot, it just, yeah, it was, uh, it, it's, uh, it became, if you remember, uh, the two issues. It was too late to go back and move the train. Mm -hmm. And then uh, maybe philosophically there were differences. There's something about us trying to keep him away from physically either killing someone or mm -hmm. letting someone, knowingly let someone die. Yeah. You? I mean, it was a, the the decision I came out at the end was that we were trying to tell a story about a guy who is losing his soul, and at the end of the, about a guy who learns mercy. So at the very end of the movie, when he spares the kingpin, you see that he's made a journey. He's gone somewhere. I felt kind of like if he spared this guy, this rapist, who's just going to get out and rape again, and then he spares the kingpin at the end, it's not as much of a journey for the character. But I. I also was very concerned as a fan of having Daredevil let someone die. So it was really interesting. I remember. It, it's not like I expected him to pull him out because I really wanted Casada to die already. Mm -hmm. He deserved to. Mm -hmm. And as the story unravels in this cut, 
I think one of the things that by cutting some of the issues that will appear in the director cut, uh, we didn't really know how bad Casada was, how mm-hmm. bad the system was. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's a and, really good point. And th- there is a there is a bitterness to be Matt Murdock in a courthouse, having this unique ability to really know when someone is lying to you. And later on, there are scenes here that I think are precious, that they were fantastic to show how it's in your face and someone has to do something about it. Mm-hmm. So here was Casada. I, I couldn't care less, by the way, Casada died. I was fine. I just wish that he put the gun, he fell in, it was all too late. Boom, the train came in and mm-hmm. it, it was the right thing to happen. But it shouldn't have been a it should have been it, should, it shouldn't have been drawn out. The minute that he has a chance to really right. think about it, I think that's when the, the exactly. audience is getting very uneasy. Exactly. Yeah. I love this scene here. I do too. The human side. This is a hero that bleeds. This is a hero that hurts. Voiced by, do you remember? Hmm? Do you remember the girl here in the... uh, This is uh, Colin Farrell's sister, Claudia. Yep. This is all... uh, I thought it was the voice of loneliness. And it was... I love this thing. This was not in. Yeah, this is a this is a new. See, I love all this. I mean, the the lonelier he is, the more I like it. <laughs> yeah, but it's letting letting the movie breathe. I think that's right. We just came out of Josie's bar, and it was just insanity. And now here's the real life: a girl breaking up with you on your answering machine, pulling your tooth out, popping Vicodin. This guy. This is a guy who doesn't got a lot longer to exist like this. You know that that that's where. I chose to put him at the beginning of the movie. This guy is on a collision course. He's, he can't keep doing this much longer. He's going to need some form of salvation, whether it be through faith or whether it be through love. We felt that every day he was getting more of the street was rubbing on him. Now, so now it's going. Now, now the stop. movie's about to get yeah. really interesting. Now you're about to see where everything changes. This is what it's like for Matt Murdock right now. He hears a, an argument going on, a girl crying out, no, no, please. And then he turns, and it looks like there's somebody right in front of him. Bam. I always thought this was a really beautiful, creepy scene. And right now, you're thinking, what's going on? And you realize, as he the resigns himself, way. it was all in his head. That's what the world sounds like when you're Matt Murdock. All, the, all the, the, the horrible things that happen are right there with you. And that's why he needs this coffin. Some people say, why is he kind of sleep in that thing? Well, there's your answer. This is the only way he can shut, the, shut out the horror. Theoretically, there's no, there's no quiet moment. Now here's an obvious a scene that you, you missed loved too, it. as me. Loved it. I, yeah. saying, I remember telling Frank Miller I had the scene and cut it, and he was like, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> Obviously, this is right out of Frank Miller from, uh, from Man Without Fear. 
again, it's the kind of thing, it's a little moment. It's a beautiful moment, you know, a, a flashback, a dream. Who is that woman? Who is the mystery woman? Um, but, you know, it's the kind of thing that gets lost, unfortunately, because it doesn't help move the story ahead. But it's the, it's the things that make me fall in love with films. It's also a point of origin. Listen to this. Eyewitnesses say that Casada was singled out by the demonic vigilante. And here's the great, the great Favs. This was the toughest thing, is that you get these two sitting down together, and you laugh so hard. Everything's so funny. I remember my first cut of the scene was like 10 minutes long, because it all makes me laugh. You know, it, it just kept going. And I had different versions of things written on napkins, and Favs and Ben would come up with stuff, and it killed me, you know, to have to cut this stuff, because it's really funny stuff. Oh, speaking of bills, your client, Mr. Lee, he made his first payment. Oh, that's great. You should be very happy. Yeah, it's fantastic. They just, the chemistry, it was always in the comics, these two yeah. were the ultimate mismatch. Yeah. You have a kid who made it to law school, a nice rich boy who, who was in awe, actually, of his friend, of the fact that he is not a handicap with a handicap, yet... He could never figure out what is he doing with his life. That's right. Huh? What would be a better client? Better yeah. means rich and guilty, okay? Oh. Remember when they taught us in law school how to create a moral vacuum so that you could represent people who aren't all necessarily innocent? That's your best course, as I recall. Yeah, well, you don't have a moral vacuum, Matt. You are this is where the theatrical ended right here. Uh. Now, this is all new. And I love this stuff. What happened uh, to your face? I, I walked into a door. Matt, every time you disappear, when you can't get a hold of you on the phone, and I'm there working alone, you come in, you're all cut up. I, I'm in the fight club. I'm in the fight club. I remember <laughs> this. I remember the studio saying they didn't want that joke in. They, they still had some some bad feelings about fight club for some reason. <laughs> a movie which I think is genius. And see, you can see now, I love this, because Matt's starting to laugh. He's starting to get to him. Seeing eye dog joke is something I love. It was, it's my favorite joke in the movie. <laughs> and you see now how they work. You know, that Matt Murdock can get so down and Foggy's there to lift him up to say, hey, quit taking yourself so seriously, man. I love this scene. I wish, I wish this is the way people had seen it to begin with. I regret cutting this. Me too. I cannot think how many times I told the, the CNI obese dog joke. <laughs> How beautiful is she? Uh, Forget about it. Hey, wow. Electra. She's hideous. I don't know if it's fungus or some sort of congenital birth defect. Electra Nakios. If you're this matter, I advise you to take no further action. <laughs> That's a great scene. Excuse me. That was our scene of the auditions to all of them. Do you remember? I sure do. Every Electra had to go to this scene. Right in front of you. <laughs> well, mm. could you be a little bit more specific? What are you... Blind? Here's a little trick for people starting out there Sorry. that are making films. Put mustard in a drink. Kills <laughs> every time. <laughs> that stupid spit shot. Killed every time that we saw it play. Remember that? It's like the oldest joke in the book. But it's just hey, slapsticks work. I tell you, man, you can't beat it. The chemistry between these two wasn't it amazing to watch it? Like it was instant. Oh, totally. Everybody felt it. It just you felt it in the air. These two were meant. They were meant to be together. Absolutely. I tell you, some people have no compassion for the handicapped. Apparently not. 
How do you feel about this scene coming up, this playground fight? Boy, people are divided on it. Have you noticed that? Divided? Yeah. Over what? Over the, the playground is it, fight. Is, is it great or is it tremendous? I mean... <laughs> I know where you come down on it. <laughs> uh, I thought that the choreography of it made it... I mean, today... This is, the, this, this is one of those things where, where you bring in the great Hong Kong Wire team and they say, we need 27 days. <laughs> we say, well, we got five. <laughs> So somewhere between 27 and 5 uh, is the answer. And, and, and uh, so, you know, it, it's a tough one because I love it. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, What's divided? I never, I never uh, heard. Uh, yeah, some of, the, some of the comic fans thought it was just too silly. You know? Really? Yeah, too silly. Well, the idea was here. I remember we, we had the, it was a real discussion that what we tried to do is get a fight scene that no one ever seen. So it mm -hmm. doesn't fall into the chop suey world. Mm -hmm. And really, it's about the, it's a foreplay. It's not a fight scene. Yeah, it was a dance. It was a dance. It was foreplay. I mean, both of them knew they wanted each other. Being Electra, obviously, she didn't want to get anywhere, but she was having as much fun as he was. So this is where they realize that they're, that they're the same. Absolutely. They're two extraordinarily talented people. They both have abilities that no one else does, and uh, they're enjoying themselves. I, I thought this rare is, moment of lightness in the Matt Murdock world. That's why I like it. It's original. It's different, and it deals with the emotions. There are two people who cannot let anything out, and they run into each other. And this fight says, all what they want is really is to touch, to be together. But then they can't. Where's that girl on the seesaw? <laughs> yeah, she. They just showed her. I love that girl. She cracked me up. Where is she? Do you remember that day was a day that 60 Minutes was on the set? Yeah. Yeah. Now, so. here's also a big addition. Remember, uh, yep. she used to do this to the throat, and we cut right. She says, my name is Electra Nachos, and you cut to the kingpin. Now watch what happens. My name's Electra Nachos. And we continue it, and up oh, here comes the bodyguard to pick her up. The little rich girl who's got to go. And, uh... We get to, it's nice because you get a little bit more here. You get a little bit. See how, how she looks a little sad. I, I got to go. She's already like, you know, and Funny she smiles. Zone. And I, I love when he grabs her and she smiles, you know, and, and, and she's, she doesn't want to go. She she wants to stay. She She's embarrassed of the money she has. And uh, she's now divulging things about herself. And they're playing off each other in a way that's really endearing. Oh, nachos. Right. As in Nicholas, not you. That's Dad. Electra, Pame. How's the Macy? Plus, this is a great shot of Jen's biscuit coming up. Right there. <laughs> Those are Jen's words, by the way. Hey, look at my biscuit. I'll find you. <laughs> She's so beautiful in that scene. It's oh. hard to cut it. You know, you just could, you could just put Jen on just as a still frame here and stare at her. I like these little bits like this, the Braille watch, oh, you know? It's, that's great. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Now, here's a, here's also a big change. One of the one of the things with the Kingpin in theatrical releases, you never got a feeling of, of really how dangerous he was. Oh, how know? big his world was. Yeah. And, and now you're yeah. going to see how dangerous he is, that he'll kill his own bodyguards without a second thought. And it's important because you need to really fear this guy. Otherwise, he's just a... That also was a rating issue. Yeah. Some of the stuff that we needed 
all so this kind of stuff, you know. You get, uh, I mean, I love all this kind of stuff. Little Wesley, who's going to turn yeah. out to be very important in the director's cut. Have you seen the papers today? Somebody's been talking. I think it's a great frame. Good cigar. <laughs> <laughs> now this is all new. Watch this. I used to cut right now to nachos, and we're in the other room. But now they would cut the tongues out of their bodyguards their first day on the job. Can see the kind of nervous look on these bodyguards. They, they know you don't last too long in this position. This is a particularly painful shot. Wham! And the neck crack. <laughs> I mean, it's a very comic book move, comic book moment in a, in such a good way. That's just the kingpin. That's I mean, the kingpin. Yeah. He's in a two thousand dollar suit and smooth as silk, and then. Okay. <laughs> oh, he's on the shot too. Says, Didn't want to touch his silk. Uh... <laughs> no, <laughs> look at that. There's, there's your appointment. Dragging bodies out. Uh... That's great. My dear old friend. The great Eric Cavari. It was terrific in the movie. Make me want a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting out, Wilson. I am out. <laughs> You think it's funny? They're writing about the kingpin. They're going back to the beginning. Oh, I'm tired of looking over my shoulder. I want to put all that behind me now. I want you to buy me out. I think you'll find it's a very generous offer. So, what do you say? One of the reasons to trim the scenes down in the office was because that horrible backdrop. The translate from hell is, is exactly what it was. Big seam going through the middle of the city. How's your daughter? Now, here comes the case. Remember the girl who got killed in Matt Murdock's right. apartment? Now we're going to learn out who she I is. I love that. See, the, the, in the theatrical release, it was just these two walking down the hall talking about uh, you know, I met you know, Electronachios and Foggy's Very a little hard. mad at her, and that's it. It's just them going. We don't know where they're going. In fact, where they're going is going to turn out to be the most important thing in the movie. That's the irony. Take it into consideration. What do we got? Oh, this one's a real winner. Dante Jackson, ex-con from Queens, charged with the August 9th murder of Lisa Tazio, your friendly neighborhood prostitute. I always thought you might give me a hard time about that line, your friendly neighborhood prostitute, but you never said anything. No. No, I mean, <laughs> the two of them are so funny together. The fluke wasn't bad. Here we go. I mean, here the fun begins. Mr. Jackson. <laughs> Who are you? He's so good in the movie. He's a, he's real, he's a real actor. That was such a shame. It was. I, I felt terrible having this story get cut out. Yeah. Hell yeah. I believe you. Do you do? <laughs> I cannot wait to the... Cross examination of here. Thank you, sir. I want you to create a paper trail, one that can be traced to Nachios. Sir? The extended bullseye introduction now. 
I'll give him a king. I missed uh, the airport scene. Yeah, I it... really missed it. It's interesting because the that, I'm sure you remember this was all flipped. His introduction used to be at the airport, and yep. then we met him for the first time at coming through the airport. And then this was a scene later. This was actually an English pub in New York City. Correct. He used to kill yeah. this guy, go outside, take his motorcycle, and drive off. He loses his motorcycle in this uh, in this bet. Um, I decided the the throwing of the darts was a much stronger impact opening to meet Bullseye. But you'll see when the guy here hands him the money. He used to hand him motorcycle keys. Bullseye took those keys, went outside, and and then this guy actually ran out holding his throat, remember? Yep. And Bullseye threw a dart at him again, which went around the corner and, and nailed him. But we never finished the scene or the CG of the dart. Actually, you wrote a great, a great little origin scene for Bullseye as a kid. Yeah, I know. It breaks my heart. Oh, that was... I gave them all origins, remember? Electronachos, yep. Bullseye, Kingpin, each one you saw them as a little kid at the beginning of the movie and what made them what they are. It was really good stuff. Well, that's the sequels. Now are the prequels. The trickles. <laughs> but uh, Bullseye was specifically interesting. How do you make a monster like him? And Colin is the man for the job. He's so fantastic. <laughs> I just remember seeing him for the first time put that coat on. It was just like, he was just, he was it. So much fun. Little smile. <laughs> now, here we go. Now, this is all, we're all in new territory now. Now, we're going to go investigate what happened to Lisa Tazio, what happened to the prostitute. This is also great New York looking stuff, isn't it? Even though it was on the back awesome. lot. Jesus, it really looks like New York. <laughs> And by Here the way, go. the only reason he hit on a cab because he was with Matt. He always knew he got Matt yeah. on his side. I love that. So this used That's... to be the introduction of Bullseye. Yeah. And then he flew into New York, and then later in the movie, he's at that pub. So it, was all, it all got turned around. Again, this is the kind of stuff that you cut just because it, it doesn't move the story forward, but who cares? Hey, it's Bernie. just fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is Bernie, our, our producer. Now this is my storyboard artist, Colin. He did a lot of beautiful drawings for the film, and uh, I just think he has just a, a fantastic look. Yes. So look at that. He's got that um, that great security guard look. <laughs> <laughs> that prick at the airport. Look at that. <laughs> uh, this, uh... He's terrific. Great artist. The point of the scene was that Bullseye has all the weapon in the world, anywhere, everywhere. That's a whole story. Even and the dog the is dog bowing to him. There is pedigree <laughs> here. <laughs> uh, it's a fun scene. All right, well, this is it. This is it. This is the time to see Matt Murdock as the blind detective, and savior of the neighborhood. Watch him lean down here, and you'll see the little prayer candles and uh, the little, you know, what, what people have left out as a memorial to the girl who was murdered out here. And, uh, you know, it, it's again, he's going to champion the neighborhood. No one else will care about these people. It's, it's left to him. And ultimately, by caring about the people no one cares about, it brings down the biggest fish in the city. Obviously, Foggy is being a wuss. He does want to go up there. Give me your pen. 
Again, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt using his skills, sound and touch, lock picking. Now he's going to come in here and everything is going to go on. His ears will start firing, he'll smell what took place in this room. Real estate law? What do you say? What do I see? Now he's he's a little bit out of his element now. You know, he is a blind person. He knows the courtroom. He knows his apartment. He knows Hell's Kitchen, but this is a new place, so he's staying close to the wall. He's feeling things. He's trying to get his bearings. Well, she's a prostitute, so she's got a room full of all of her costumes and wigs and things she uses for clients. Watch five run now. Huh? <laughs> uh. Matt's just trying to figure out when was the last time anything in here was fired? When was the light last turned on? When was the stove last used? And he catches the smell of something and he's gonna really realize that he's on track. He's like a bloodhound. Don't you have a puppy? Ammonia. So what? Over blood. Something else. Cordite. Gunpowder. She was shot here and dragged outside to make it look like a random robbery. Yeah, it's a whole piece of the movie that. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's really, it's it kind of breaks my heart to watch it because I really like it. I, I really feel like it added a lot to the film. And without it, the film felt a little thin. O M M six six eight eight. There, I knew it. Her mother did it. Now, can we please go before we need attorneys too? It's an idea that I got from one of the um, comics. I'm sorry, I can't remember which who wrote it. One of the recent comics. Um, in Daredevil, where um, uh, someone has trying to tell Matt Murdock in a in a room that the owl was responsible, and Matt thought it said seven months, seven M O. Right. So the guy was pointing to it. I think it was um, was it Bob Gale? Did he write uh, Daredevil? It is, yeah. I think it was his. Yes. And um, you turned around seven yeah, M O, right, 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 and it said right. owl. And I thought that was just a cool little bit, and that's that gave me the idea for that. So. I said, that's great. Look at this. I love oh. this lady. More peanuts? Oh, she's sleeping. Can I get you anything before we land? Great Chuck Martinez on the right side of frame. Drool all over. Now, again, okay, here we are. Uh, here we are back in you know, first day of court, big case. Now now look at the difference from the courtroom that we saw earlier in the movie. This is the this is the real deal. This is the show for Matt and Foggy. Look at how grand it is. He has been in and out of prisons and reform schools since he was twelve years. Coolio has the most expressive eyes of anyone I've ever seen. This is a court of law. Don't worry. This is our idea of how Matt and Foggy I like the fact that they're not afraid to use his handicap, you know? Yeah. Um, to, to get the jury on their side. They're not above that. 
talk to a wall. Does this defense come with a two-drink minimum, Mr. Murdoch? Sorry, Your Honor. I always miss the, that great statue, too. I love that. The scales of justice. Lady Justice with her eyes blindfolded. And today, the truth will come out. Thank you. <laughs> He's blind. He can't see anything. Playing it up. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor blind guy. Uh, this was actually thing. something that Tom Sullivan, our consultant, told us about yeah. that people do to him a lot. They take him and he feels one arm and he thinks he can sit, but he's actually on the outside of the chair. <laughs> so that's great. We got to use that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I miss all this. I sure do. Uh, and you begin to meet this whole cast of characters that are all part of our story now. Um, Officer McKenzie, he's the one who arrived on the scene. He's the one who found Lisa Tazio. And now things get more mysterious as we're listening and Matt realizes he's telling the truth. His heartbeat's not skipping. It's not racing. But how can he be telling the truth and how can Dante Jackson be telling the truth? And that's part of the mystery. It's confused. Yeah, his lie detector never never fails until now. What he calls the your bullshit detector. Yeah. And then this used to be the introduction to uh, Joey Pants. It's Ben Yurick. It's Ben Yurick. It's the reporter from the Post. Trouble. We're already suspicious that he's on Matt's case and he might know something about him and his secret That's identity. That's great. It's funny how we are missing our girl for a long time here. Mm. Guess what? That's why those scenes got Absolutely. cut. Absolutely. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Jennifer is so terrific in the film that the studio felt, and, and maybe rightly so, who knows, that... Uh, um, that's what people want to see. They want to get back to her. They want to get back to Matt and Electra. And the longer we're away from her, the more the movie uh, was lagging. So the movie really became about, you know, streamlining it for the relationship. Wait a second. Exactly how many women have you brought up here anyway? Uh, uh, you're my first. The red dress. All right. This is uh, all the here we go. CG New York. Wallace was shot in downtown Los Angeles. This is a really this is a scene that a lot of people mention when they see the movie. Yeah. Is her her in the rain? I think it's a really beautiful scene. I remember after seeing them kissing in the rain. It was after this that uh, after we shot all this that I saw Spider Man had come out, and I was like, oh no! And rightfully so. You said it's totally different. This, uh, the necklace became a bit of a deal too, remember? It was in, it was out. Yeah, I still miss piece of dialogue here. I'm split right down, down the, the middle. middle. Yeah. It was so much about Electra's character, this, this piece of dialogue. Yeah. Because she's trying to explain herself without telling Without sounding sappy and, right. and remember no Greek tragedies. That was a great line. One of the reasons too that we cut it eventually is because she's saying it's a her necklace was a good luck charm from yeah. her mother. Mother got <laughs> murdered, and then she's she's wearing it. Day. Now she gets murdered. <laughs> it's like you know what? I don't think that good luck charms are working. <laughs> The dreaded good luck charm. 
We used to laugh that when Matt Murdock finds it at the end of the movie, it's like, don't touch it! <laughs> but in, in a way, it turned out this... this uh, it, it was better to make this great loving moment so the yeah. tragedy gets heightened. Again, you know, in the in the... In the crunch time, everyone gets so obsessed with pace, pace, pace. And I think people yeah. are more patient than that. I really do. Um, um, I mean, this is this is great stuff. Oh, yeah, why Let would you want to hurry this stuff? Let it be. Yeah, I think that this is beautiful. Uh, magnificent. That shot actually took a while yeah, to long get time. her long to look time. that beautiful. Do you remember the first thing with the CG kind oh, of... dreadful. We, we just ended up using her real film and then exactly. going over that instead exactly. of doing 100% CG. Which was better. It was much yeah. better. Just... You, I really wanted you to be able to see that he could finally see her, how beautiful she really is, and not some kind of ghostly CG image. I mean, he should see how lovely she is. That was actually was. a pretty cold night. Was it all was this, freezing. Uh, Now this is interesting because I know some people, uh, myself included, I, I like the fact that he's about to go go away now. He hears that there's violence going on and he's going to leave and she stops him and says, stay, stay with me. Mm -hmm. And he does. And in this version, you'll see he doesn't. And it's it's an interesting discussion. They're, they're, they're both valid. A lot of discussion. Yeah. Because, in, and in, I, I think what is good about this is I really wanted to show how far he was pushed. That even when he meets someone who is his other half, who is like him, he can't be with her. He's got to go. This, you know, his damned uh, uh, commitment to this neighborhood and to keeping things clean um, is is ruining his life, and it really putting him in a crisis of how he'd like to give it all up and have a normal life and be with a girl, but he can't. Um, it's very different than smash cutting right now to them making love in bed, you know. So but they they both have their have their valid points, I think. We, we, we took a, a through line that says, let's stay to the love story. Uh, although we had the solution, could have been both, would have been a little more money and more time. When he does his thing and she realizes that there's something mysterious, so she does come back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you remember yeah. that version, we, we had both. We had her showing up at his apartment. Because to me, this scene from from the mythology was important because unless he gets inside his water coffin he cannot block his his mind and therefore to concentrate on the love would have been difficult he's hearing all this mm -hmm. and he cannot just stand by he had to go do something this scene used to be an abusive father scene there used to yeah. be a little boy that was running down the hall that this guy was chasing um and I really wanted to improve on the kingpin subplot, which I thought was more important than just a random father abuse scene. That's why we cut the boy out of the scene. And even in this director's edition, you don't, you do not see the boy. Which some people who read the novelization say, "What happened to that abused boy?" Um, but it was more important to keep us. Oh, there he is. There. And, and now the he, now he's just a frightened son. Yeah. You know, he's just a frightened son of the father, um, which is really all I needed out of the scene. You know. Uh, that was it was more important that this guy be one of the kingpin's thugs. I kind of like the fact that the little boy very much like like Matt as a little boy loved his father in spite of everything. That's right. And here this little boy was trying to defend his dad. That's don't right. hurt him, don't hurt him. And things have come full circle now for Matt Murdock right. in a way. And it was like a mirror image of his life. 
Was his father doing the same thing that Matt's father was doing? So no, but... here here we go. Now we haven't met the priest yet in the movie, unlike theatrical. There's our nun in the comics. That's uh that's Matt's mother, Maggie. Um, now the, this this is I thought was a great scene. I really miss this scene. This is now the first time that he sees the priest. So Matt doesn't go to confession in this version of the movie. He just likes the quiet. He likes to come in and think. Get away from people. The priest calls him on his shit. He says, you, you, you know, you like the solitude. You need to reach it. The priest is saying you need to reach out. You need to, to let somebody in your life. And, of course, that's what he's wrestling with with Electra right now from last night. There's a cool effect coming up here that's not quite finished. But, that's uh, it. Yeah, it was, it was to show that even here within this place of silence, he can't get any peace. Fire truck going by outside. This is what it feels like to him. It's probably about 80%, 85% done. I think Ben's back trying to tell the Padre that he really doesn't understand what's going on with him. My confession that is open to you all the time. There's no keeping secrets from God, so. See, it's interesting. At the beginning of the movie, we saw the priest take off Matt's mask and say, Matthew, now it's a re it was supposed to be a reveal. He didn't know Matt Murdock was Daredevil. You know, that's why now he's saying, tell me, what's your secret? You can trust me, and Matt's saying no. So when he takes off his mask, it's a big reveal in this version, in the original version. The theatrical version, it wasn't. It was just more like, Matthew, are you okay? So it's a, it's a very different feel to that scene now. This was uh, the way it was originally supposed to be. In, in the See, mythology, there is a backdrop of the church in his life, the yeah. influence, that's right. the school, and therefore he couldn't even go into confession because he couldn't implicate hmm. people around him with his secret. Your ears must have been burning. See, Matt Murdock, is, he's a much lonelier figure in this movie, isn't yeah. he? He doesn't uh, get to make love to the girl. He doesn't get the priest to tell who he is. He doesn't have any release. And that's much more, yeah, I think you can see. Uh, no. And see now when when he gets the invitation, you see the reaction there. No, no, thank you. Matt's, she's not giving up on him, you know, whereas it didn't make sense before in the movie really because he made love to her and she left him in bed. He's surprised she's not giving up on him. For once, a girl's not going to give up on him after he blows her off. And that's his, his anger right now is about what happened last night with Electra and uh, what happened with the abused boy. It's a, it's a different kind of vibe. Electra became interference. He has things to do. He knows it's going to end up bad. Yeah. That's a John Favreau line. It's a fantastic line. Plus ones don't get anywhere by themselves. They need somebody to bring them. That's why it's plus one. Are you finished? We only have an hour to prepare for court. What's eating you? It's a rough night. Wait, you want to talk about it? No. It's about a lecture, isn't it? No. And Nacho owns the Grand Hotel, and the lecture's the reason you. What if people notice that this was a Braille printer? I hope so. That he pulls out. That was pretty quick. I, uh, I always wonder if it, if it's clear that all that shit around him is all from pro bono cases. <laughs> It looks like they are working at Sanford and Son. Well, we used to actually have these lines. Remember? Yeah. 
God, remember uh, in the original yeah. draft how Electro used to be introduced in a scene like this? It was like Man man, uh, man Without Fear. Yeah. Very close to that. She was playing a piano. She snuck up on the roof. She yep. walked across the telephone wire. He chased her into Central Park. She it was the big fight. Yeah. Chasing the clothes. Wow. It was about 40 drafts ago. I also like the other one when he comes back saving the boy. Mm -hmm. and she's waiting for him. Mm-hmm. Opened the window and snuck in. Look, uh, I thought that was. Uh, yeah. I love this scene here. <laughs> that's that's. Cool color. Joey is just such a character, right? And he's he fantastic. Just lights up the screen whenever you're. So now, I mean, we saw him, remember, in the courtroom now in this version. Right. So now there's really a threat. This guy is poking around. He wants to talk to you. Um, Matt doesn't want anything to do with it you really start to feel like everything in his in his life is falling apart Leland Orsher is a genius I know who you are you're the blind lawyers from Hell's Kitchen right actually actually he's the that little the little toady Wesley in the movie is just uh just kind of a comic relief just kind of a sidekick and he turns out of course to be very important in this version of the movie well, in, in the theatrical, obviously, he's, he never pays out. Yeah. But. I, I mean, I usually, you know, it, it's hard because you, you want to pride yourself, and I pride myself when I write that everything has a reason, you know, that everyone pays off, people are there for a reason, yeah. and when they get cut out of the movie, it starts to feel like loose ends and, and uh, like things aren't as direct as they should be. And indeed, all these characters do all pay off in this version of the movie. There's, there's nobody just dangling. You. I just, you know, Matt, for one night, I just wish... See, this is a different, different vibe now. He doesn't know how she's going to feel when he goes to her, you know? In the theatrical version, he's just he's just tracing her by her smell and saying, hey, how are you? It was great to see you last night, you know? Do you remember when she first time tried on this dress? Yeah. And we were in a production meeting in this big place. Oh, it was like a lunch, mm -hmm. remember? Oh, yeah. And she came, she ran in barefooted with this dress. It was breathtaking. Everybody's jaw hit to the ground, yeah. She, she was like a little girl in a new dress. It was amazing. Glad to see him, but she also feels a little bad about last night. I'm really sorry. He did bring her up on a roof and leave her <laughs> in the rain. <laughs> and now here we get to see a little bit more of Wesley. What's going on with these? The wow, the big clue. Let me cut to the chase, okay? 
If this were up to me, and it is, do you really think that Pitbull. this corporation would actually hire some pro bono storefront Hell's Kitchen lawyers, let alone a blind one? Come on. I've already filled our quota of handicapped employees for the year. Go back to the kitchen. Franklin Nelson. That's what I like with Foggy is that he says what we would say. We could right now the audience is going, what a dick. And Foggy says it. What a dick. They really look good together. I, I could see some of Susie coming in. Yeah, beautiful uh, blonde, the right side of frame is yeah, my wife. Yeah, pretty blonde of it. Oh, that's your wife. Oh, no, <laughs> I was going to say something. Dancing with my assistant, actually. I want to check that out sometime. What if? Wow. <laughs> Pretty girl. This was a beautiful moment inspired by uh, Tom Sullivan and his wife telling us a story that was really heartbreaking. It actually made Jennifer tear up when I told it to her, so we decided to put it in the movie about her dressing up really special one night and just saying, I wish you could see me. And the husband saying, it's okay, it's okay. I, I know you're beautiful. And she's like, yeah, but I, I really wish you could see me. I really do look great tonight. It was just so heartbreaking. And I thought that was such an honest thing for her character to say. Absolutely. You know, not like, oh, it's okay. There's Frank Miller. <laughs> so this used to be a continuation of that pub scene that you saw earlier. And this is the motorcycle he won in that dart bet. So it's interesting. You can see now how it all got split up. <laughs> this is a bet. This is a bet between me and my editor Dennis Verkler of whether or not people would think this is funny. He kept saying, "What's funny about this?" I'm like, "It's funny. It's a Griffin with a rack, and Foggy's feeling it up. It's funny. It's gonna get a laugh." So we had a we had a bet going over that one, which it's I won. A, it got a laugh. Absolutely sure. got a laugh. Yeah, I remember that. See, now even when, like, Kingpin puts his hand on his shoulder, it makes you wince. Because last time we saw him touch somebody, he snapped their neck and brain. Yeah, yeah it's, you know. It's a setup. He's not much of a threat in this movie. And then his fight in the theatrical version was cut so so short. He really didn't feel like... Uh, we didn't show his power, really. No, no. And he's all about power. Well, it's just to Wesley, you wouldn't understand. That's the one time that we were able to deal with the real kingpin. I love this. That took some uh, some discussions, right? Wack. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah. Uh, uh, I love this. <laughs> yeah, we originally had it that she was gonna kick it, kick ass there yeah. outside the car, but it, uh, we didn't have the money. time for it. Yeah, but that was very effective. This one shot yeah. showed you this girl can really do it. Colin uh, had never been on a motorcycle before until this movie. To show you what, it, what how committed he is, by the end of the night he was squealing out and doing his own stunts and he. Literally was learning on the spot. This got moved around too, remember? Yes. This scene used to be earlier in the movie, yeah. and now we've moved it to here, which is where it was originally supposed to be. It was a big leap that he was already out there, already dressed, already on the road. But um, I don't think traffic was thick, was my argument. <laughs> I just like the visual of him up there. 
waiting. Uh, I love this because that, that, that was that was a yeah. gag that there was no wires or anything. That was just a guy surfing a motorcycle, a stuntman who did this trick. That's just great. Boom. Yeah. Loved it. All the papers and stuff. That's... See, that's Colin doing these tricks. He'd never been on a bike before. You'd just see him running around downtown, getting the feel of it and learning. It looks pretty good for New York, right? I'm telling you, not bad. You can see my fetish here for motorcycles, of course. That's a great shot coming. Yeah. Ultimately, okay, not great. The kick, you know? Yeah. We, I felt like we, we were closer on another version once that, that didn't come through. Do you remember right. that? This is a little, that's yeah. a little too CG and it seems to just, we couldn't quite in time get it, get the timing right, you know? It just felt like it paused too much and it took the energy away. No. That did work. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. That worked very well. He couldn't stop it. Couldn't stop it. Wow. <laughs> I'd always kind of laugh too. Uh, this man loves his work. I've, the bullseye character can really be over the top, and Colin just nailed it. Made it fun. I love the way you did this shooting because it's so helpless. It's like she's doing it knowing she's not going to... There's click, nothing click, to click. reverse, nothing to save. It's over. actually said get that over to forensics right away hey Nick what do you want Yurik there's all this it's always funny how you remember how you piece these movies together that's Joey and then from the back when you see the back it's not Joey it's the head of our stunt driving team and, and one's outside one's inside um, mm -hmm. it's just always it's always patchwork quilt these things. This is a little a little front we put up in when we were in New York to shoot. Just shot it in about 20 minutes. Just nailed it, got it off, just to show his rage. And this is what I was talking about before about not being able to sleep with the girl and representing the downtrodden and not understanding why the cop is lying. He can't figure it out and having the reporter on his tail. He's just blowing. He, he's he's bursting at the seams. It doesn't give him a break. Like the theatrical version feels like it kept giving him breaks. How did you get past my security? That's one of the coolest scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's fun. You know, you've exceeded all my expectations. 
even managed to implicate Daredevil in the process. I never thought I'd like a killer, but uh, he he just so likable. There's an old saying that too much pride can kill a man. Here we go. Boom. The devil is mine. Really? I've heard that before all too many times. But answer me this. How do you kill a man without fear? By putting the fear in him. <laughs> this line coming up here too is the way that it was supposed to be. This is the. Yeah. I want a fucking costume. I mean, rarely do you need to curse in a movie, but that's pretty funny. <laughs> I want a fucking costume. And we're back to the courtroom, and here's Foggy now. He's all alone. That's a great scene. Matt's Matt's missing in action because his life's falling apart, and this is just a hilarious. This is this, this is, is John Favreau, just comic genius. It really is. You look at. <laughs> Because he plays it so real. I love these papers. He's looking for his notes. They're Matt's notes, so they're all in Braille. Braille. That's <laughs> 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 so good. But so he's so real in this. That's why it's funny, you know. I mean, he's uh, he's just drowning. He's so out of his element. He always depends on Matt to get him through these cases. And uh, he's trying to play like a courtroom, you know, uh, like, like, like a reporter at UCN Court TV. You know, he's trying to, sh to be like a guy at UCN LA Law and it's just falling apart. Yes! Good! <laughs> Clarifying that. Now, Officer McKenzie has testified that you were found at that time holding a handgun? That's a lie. In fact, you don't even own a handgun, do you? No, sir. Have you ever owned a handgun, Mr. Jackson? No, sir. It's hard to believe that we don't have this... This stuff in the movie, huh? I know. I just love it's it. Like, uh, it's like that's Coolio too. I mean, coming up with the buckshot spraying everywhere. I mean, it's genius. Courts and recess, <laughs> Mr. Nelson. <laughs> uh, that's great. I hope your partner comes back soon. Me too. Me too. This is the first of uh, first of two songs by Evanescence, which became Great a song. huge band yeah. after this movie. This we were still, oh, they're, still they're going. Terrific. They're doing unbelievable. Yeah, they uh, they they just became incredibly popular. I always did love this scene. I think it's it's lovely. Um, yeah, here it's also different than the theatrical. Yeah. Right well, at the end of the funeral. You bet. Yeah. You bet. And Yurik shows up and leads us into a, a, a whole other thing. Because um, Yurik is really unraveling two mysteries throughout the movie. Who is Daredevil and who is Kingpin? That's right. It's a problem with trying to do a rainy scene in Los Angeles. It's never, it's always sunny. Couldn't be sunnier here. And then we so got it. It's raining. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it downpours. <laughs> this scene is shot on stage in New York. 
the close-ups and the wides were shot in Los Angeles. And that's why we're so tight here in Ben and Jennifer's faces. Because there's just a little backdrop behind them. Now we're back in Los Angeles. Actually, we had to do another backdrop indoors mm -hmm. later. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, that was at New York. At the lovemaking uh, in New York. Ah. Now she's closing herself off from him so he can't see her and anymore. she reappears. She's she's uh, literally crossed over now to the dark side. Now it's Which Electro she's Assassin. With revenge. Yep, she's now Electro Assassin. Electro, wait. Please. We somehow stay dry, Mark. They all get... They all got wet, but we didn't. We, didn't. we were okay. <laughs> nice suit. Oh, looks good. This is where the scene used to end. Now watch how different things get. Right, right. There's a little smell of the rose, and then this the scene ended there. But now we go back to our mystery. Yeah, Matt is in a bed mood, and guess who shows up? <laughs> Pesky reporter, Ben Urich. What do you want? Your client's innocent. That actually was a very important piece of dialogue. So now you realize why Yurik's been involved. That prostitute who got killed had been giving him information about his kingpin story. Is there anything that you can tell me that can help my client? Yeah. Ben's very, really good here, I think. Mm -hmm. You can really just feel his frustration. He sold a 500 SL to a Robert McKenzie. Officer McKenzie. This is one of those situations where you you talk the studio into letting you do something, in this case smashing up a Mercedes. So you get a a shoddy one, you fix it out to make it look like it's a new one. But you only got one car. So you got to make sure that <laughs> when you start smashing it up, all this was just done on the fly. Remember this night? It was just like, okay, we got you know a couple hours to go smash this cars up, and um, if the car stalls or if it doesn't hit right, you're done. There's no backup cars. There's no. I love. I always, I always really miss this scene too, of uh, Matt driving blind. Because it all connects. Also yeah, to and it shows you just how far drive. gone he is. Yeah. He's just he doesn't care now that he's doing this as Matt. This is he's now doing something as Matt Murdock that Daredevil should be doing. Absolutely. You know, and he's not even changing anymore. He doesn't care anymore. That was a good hit. You're crazy. Yeah, I'm crazy. Who killed Lisa Tazio? Dante Jackson. I love this set. I love this. Parallel parking. Was it like this? 
<laughs> bed came up with that. I thought that was really funny. Now it's the only way to find out what, ha what the hell's going on. There's his scar, which he feels. He puts his hands on his chest, realizes he's got a pacemaker. And that's how he got fooled by his heartbeat in the courtroom. When'd you get the pacemaker? Three years ago, so what? So there's a pretty interesting mystery that starts to unravel. You know, it's it's smart. It's it's a... Actually, it was a good mystery. So now we got a crooked cop, paid off by the kingpin. But we still don't know... How it happened. One more element. What happened with mom and... M-O-M-8-6. Now he knows how big is the whole idea of a kingpin. He knows Electra's in trouble. I missed the scene too. I have coffee. The scene wasn't in the movie either. It was either. great. Yeah. Because this is where it all you you learn the secret. Foggy working up late with Karen and uh, Ellen Pompeo here plays Karen Page. She's such a great job. I felt bad that some of these scenes got cut out. Uh, she did Trish. She's very sweet. And she, and of all people, I always love that when someone you don't expect is the one who helps you right, figure it out. Right. There's just Karen coming to get you coffee, and she's the one like, "Hey, your mom's coming to town." No, why? And she says, "Well, maybe you're looking at it wrong." And turns it upside down, and you realize. That they were looking at it wrong. What's the date of the murder? These are initials and a date. It takes us back to the cufflink. Maybe you're looking at it wrong. That's it. It's eight to nine. It's just more proof that women are smarter than us. <laughs> These guys have been stumbling for days in this case, and she just comes up with a cup of coffee and says, Hey, what if you do this? Wesley, Owen, Welch. Son of a bitch. Kevin Smith. That's such a fun scene. It was a really fun scene. Kevin did such a great job. He's at, we were actually joking around about uh, how there's a website for everything. So that's Modern Morgue. It's him and like two other guys <laughs> giving, giving each other shit like all those message boards are. And that's what he's doing, typing that guy back. Okay. I figure there's a message board for anything these days, no matter what you're into, even for corners. Ta da! Oh, come on, <laughs> It's so Joey like, right? Give me my like... money. CG Kane, it's not real. You have no idea. Boom, scene you stand right there. Kevin is very good here. He's very funny. This is how Joey Pants yeah, Ben Yurick learns about it. It's about Lisa Tazio. Boom. Now we're going to see Yurik show up a little bit later. See, it's all, it all connects. There's a lot in the first movie and in the, in the third act of the movie in the theatrical release where things just happen. And they're not, Correct. you don't really understand why. You don't the, walk it through. The police yeah. show up to arrest the kingpin. You don't know why. 
You know, they just show up. That was the other hit song. This was the big hit song by Evanescence. Huge, huge. Bring me to life. I remember I heard this and I was like, that's it. That's her. That's Electra's voice. That's her feel. She's unbelievable. I remember watching this at the uh, at a, a screening in, I think it was Pasadena. Yes. Um, and uh, I saw three three really cool looking goth kids jump up and go, yeah. And I was like, what's that about? And it was Evanescence. <laughs> they were in the audience and they were so excited to hear their song play for the first time in the movie. And they just jumped up, started cheering. That was a tough scene. She, she oh, was this scene was this scene was incredibly. This is another one where all of this was shot in a day. There's a lot. There's a lot going on here for a day's worth of shooting. The movie was always rushing, 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 rushing. Cannot see doing this without her. She was. She's in incredible shape and a good dancer. Just genius. Just amazing. That's a great transition shot. Beautiful. Okay. There's another tough one. <laughs> little Spider-Man look in that one. Uh, yeah. Damn. Still nothing as hard to do as a CG person, man. It delivered. Oh, here's vegetarian Callan. Now, from here, really from here to the end of the movie, you're going to see a lot of additional fighting. How cool is that? Affleck running for his life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was all out. And this was out. Why did we take this out? Who knows? Too much punching and kicking. Oh no. <laughs> Boom, boom. Yeah. I see the necklace is back in now. That's not in the. You know that that was confusing. That's a great shot, isn't it? When she turns. Yeah, that's a fantastic leap by her. Ah. She was so gay, man can't emphasize enough you make a movie like this this kind of a movie you need actors and actresses who are willing to do it you know who are who are physically going to be there for you 
Because they're hard movies to make. My father's killer as he dies. Wait. Oh, boy. Some of this coming up here is was too uh, too much for the PG-13. Yeah. Not so much, I think, because of the violence, but because it involved a woman. There was this. Again, it's it's a kind of thing though that what what I don't like is because the fight coming up, all these fights were shortened. It makes all of them feel um, less spectacular in their abilities. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, like these two when they fight. Um, it's an incredible it's, fight. It's but, a great uh, fight, but it's but yeah, the theatrical that was a writing issue. Yeah, right. we're building up. Ugh, don't even ask me about that one. I don't know why it's still in the movie. I, I know why because I have nothing else to cut to, and I have to get her up on that roof. My least favorite shot of the entire film is that leap. Um, bam! Ouch! See, I thought now, my God, if you're gonna have a problem with violence, this is the shot. This is really gruesome. You know, that past was fine. That's okay. You just can't. You can't stab her and kiss her. You can stab her all you want, but God forbid you kiss her while you stab her. <laughs> so funny. Uh, yeah, and that, th some of those are just frames that we added back in, but uh, it was really just about how long you hold on some of this stuff. But again, like I was saying, these these guys are all some, you know, just being amazing fighters, and you need to let them fight. Otherwise, you're building up nothing, especially the kingpin fight, which there's nothing to really. Like here, like some of this was all cut out because it was just too much whacking around a girl. Um, Oh, this is all new. Bam, cracks the in the back. The is yet to come. He's just toying with her. He's like a cat with a mouse. Exactly. He's just having fun here. Ah, oh, here it comes. And he does the cartwheel. Head slam. Ah. Bam. And then he throws her. We cut the head slam, right? I can't remember anymore if the Yeah, we did. Did we? we That's did, a shame. Yeah. Throws her ass up there. Uh, he's proud of himself. Animal! That's my favorite. That's right out of the Frank Miller. Uh, Again, I think that's more gruesome than uh, something that I said that they objected to. It's, it's really interesting. It seems you... totally arbitrary. Ah. Hmm. That was very tragic. See, to me, that wasn't gruesome. That was tragic. Yeah. Absolutely. And this is all about, like, we, I remember when we did this in theatrical, boom, and you had to cut. You couldn't hold it. He couldn't lift her up like that. He certainly couldn't kiss her like this. See her eyes? and I mean, look at how pain Jen is. She's so good. Look at her. Oh, God. Just, it's so gross. Ah, what an incredible shot. That's a great shot. This is all about, like, I, I always really loved this shot of her crawling on the ground with the blood dripping yeah. out of her. Again, out of Frank Miller, um, Man Without Fear. But it was just, you couldn't do it. It took too long, you know? He's, once you started looking at it and seeing the blood coming out, um, 
That's when you have a rating problem. So there, see that blood dripping out? I think that's so cool. It's actually, it's stylistically beautiful. This, it's very much of a comic book frame here. Mm -hmm. The way she was crawling, it's yeah. like yeah. a cat-like. It's exactly right. Uh, All of this, this entire scene, we had pages in the comic, just I had them ripped out, taped up on the walls. Those were our storyboards. Again, he failed her. First he couldn't save her father, then he couldn't save her. This is a big debate too. Do we show her body or not show her body? Remember that? Ah. I was like, we saw her heart stop. Of course she's dead. And uh, they wanted to say the studio was concerned that we should show that she was missing, so that the end made sense. That brings you right back to the beginning. So now, remember, the priest doesn't know Matt Murdock's Daredevil in this version, and only now does he find out the truth. that this fight happens here in the church. You. Let's play. The high noon element of it. And Matt Murdock, um, the tortured Catholic. I mean, this is this is the only place that it should, it should be. <coughs> this is new too, Avi. Boom. He didn't use. To, he didn't do that in the theatrical. Just again, for pace reasons, he just started running after him. That was a very complicated shoot. Yes, it was. That was very ambitious. And it ended up great. Without costing an arm and a leg. Yeah, well, that's the thing is that I think, you know, people don't understand that this movie was made for a price, you know, especially well, with the visual effects budget. It's very, very small. So some of these... This giant organ was very ambitious. Yeah, it was. It certainly was. This was shot over a weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Some additional fighting here too, some of these moves. Yeah, 
This is where Bullseye this realizes. This is the beginning when he knows yeah. the noise, the noise. Okay. I want the blueprints in the city. See, we cut some of that. This was out, yeah. yeah. This is new right here. Yes, sir. Let's get a batting ram in here now. Yeah, he was the honest cop, which was nice. The whole idea when you wrote a real, the kind of a cop you want to cheer for here. This Boom. is all very stylized, obviously. Uh, kind of rides a line between comic book and reality, especially this part. <laughs> oh, that was uh, another challenging. Uh, These are Quasimodo moment. Yeah. Hey, Coyle, sir. Keep them in your sights. Which one? Both of them. I want a man on that roof. Mama, they'll fear. Looks like I found something you're It's funny because of all the fighting and stuff, you do something simple like this hit that he's going to do across the face. And that's the one. those are the things that make people really, oh. Because <laughs> that's something that you can really relate to is. So, you know, the great, just a visceral, simple crack. Boom. Those are the ones that are the most effective. Yeah, this fighting is old fashioned, brutal. It's exactly to the world. It's that's the kitchen. It was a very good choice. The whole Red Rose thing? He loves that shite. It's not my style. me to kill nachos and to gut your pretty girlfriend too but me i'm going for the hat trick i told him i'd do you for free this ultimately worked out pretty nice i thought Sniper from across the street. His expression was awesome. <sighs> you took away my hands. Show mercy. Huh? Good impact cut. And again, something simple like this, him making that little noise, had to cut it. Bullseye. Just for violence, just because he was suffering a little bit too much. Just one of the notes. <laughs> oh, God. And the priest now knows the secret for the first time. There's been a problem. This is also extended now. The scene between the two of them. Then they'll be coming here next. Why would you say that? 
because that's what I would do. Well, then we'll be ready for him, sir. Sit in the guard's home. <laughs> but, sir... I was raised in the Bronx, Wesley. This is something you wouldn't understand. Yes, sir. And of course, this is all new now. Give me a break, Derek. Doors open, detective. Terrific. Just in time. Freddie, keep those people back. Look, you're going to want to hear this. I just got an anonymous tip on the Tazio murder. Phone it into the station. I got much bigger problems tonight. It leads to Wilson Fisk. Nikki's the kingpin, and I can prove it. Come on, you got nothing on Fisk. No. But I got the guy that does. Just care for another martini, sir. And here he is. Another one that we just shot the fly. Shot the fly. Look at Gary Foster down there at the end of the bar, having a drink. Producer of the movie. I want my lawyer. I haven't charged you with anything. I won't talk to you without my lawyer present. It's funny now that I just, I really miss this scene of locking everything up. Yeah, and this is where it all finally, yeah, you know. That's where it all. So it. Wesley's going to cut a deal here to save his own ass, and that's why the kingpin gets arrested at the end of the movie, and none of this made any sense in the theatrical. <laughs> Could have been a, a bunch of parking tickets. I got the old kingpin arrested. That's it. Judgment Day. Bare knuckles. That's yeah, old school. That was a lot of discussion. What kind of a fight? Thing. I remember here in the, in the theatrical version of this fight, he shoots his cane and Kingpin pulls him into the right, bring window, him right in, yeah. throws him in the ceiling, and it's over. I think what was important here is to show that this guy's a mountain. Daredevil's hitting with everything he's got, and the Kingpin just looking at him. Watch how fast he is. He, he used to throw in the window. Now he just hits the ground. And how we also established there that there's water underneath those floors to help pay off later. See, now it doesn't even phase him. Love that. This is a fun fight. And then this is so much more powerful. Pick him up by the neck and then throw him in the window. So much more power. Now he's trying to figure it all out. Eh, boom. That's great. Yeah, he gets his ass handed to him in this room. See, at least Kingpin broke a sweat. <laughs> I would have loved to fight you in your prime. They call you the man without fear. That's true. Why are you afraid to show your face? I don't believe it. No. No. The blind lawyer from Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> you killed the only two. Do you remember Big Mike on this day? Oof, he was in the zone. Why? 
Mike yeah. could be over there curling these 80-pound dumbbells like a lion in a cage. That's all it ever is, is business. I was working for Fountain at the time. Your father was supposed to throw a fight. Okay, I figure something out now. Wrong family at the wrong time. A reminder of how he could see Electra in the rain. Yeah, right. To put the kingpin now on his his turf. So it's a great fight. Love the kick. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> we did a sync with the um, shutter speed with the strobe light to get that effect of that rain. Kind of looks like it's floating in the air. Now it's decision time. Kill him. And see, this was this was the argument for the Casada, you know, yeah. right or wrong. That was the whole reason is that to see where he's gone from the beginning of the movie, where he lets a man die in the railroad tracks. It made this, a, I think, a more powerful moment. Whatever you say, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> you don't give up. <laughs> no, I'm still trying to convince myself, Avi. <laughs> I'm still not sold. That it was the right thing to do. I think for this movie it was, but for Daredevil as a character, I'm not sure if it was the right thing to do. I'm not the bad guy. See, now we know why the police are coming. It's been a whole big part of the story. In the theatrical version, they just start showing up, and he says, oh, you haven't heard? The word's out in the kingpin. And the audience goes, really? What's the, what's the word? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's. Uh... I swear I tell them who you are. Yeah, go ahead. Tell them. Tell the guys at Rikers all about how you got beat by a blind man. Be like blood in the water. Oh, don't worry about that. Cause I get out. Yeah, I know. And I'll be waiting. Uh, mistake in the theatrical cut. You can see Ben's mouth moving, saying "Justice is served," and then the words come out: "Justice is yeah, served again." That. Oy, yeah, one of those slip-ups that got by in the chaos of post. <laughs> Fix now, thank God. I like that. I like the bigger ending. For you, Dad. I love this scene. I love this it. Is, this is good use of a digital intermediate of showing what you can do with color if you color correct digitally, taking you back in time. And there's Dante. Uh, this is a cute little scene, I think. 
Foggy was the man. He did it by himself. No one's ever done anything for Dante before. He can't get over it. These guys took his case and saved him. <laughs> and the only guy who is the loser here, right? He lost so much. Police say that although there were no eyewitnesses, they suspect Daredevil was the one to bring us to justice. Wait a minute. This is one of the more emotional moments you got out of the movie. If there's no eyewitness, I mean, you know. You know, it, yeah. it, it, it really movie. felt sweet and, and soft. Just trying to cheer him up and stuff. And then the bell goes. Please answer the question. No, I don't. How could you not concede? You, you own. That's Jennifer's double on the show and on Alias. Fine actress on her own, right? I love this moment. I'm doing okay. I'll be alright. You want to talk about it? No. But thanks. I'll get some air. I got this. Just worked so well to see the two friends. Yeah, it was a very real moment. Yeah. And then get a little joke here from Pazzy. <laughs> <laughs> get a little yeah. sniff. Fabro is a comic genius, yeah. absolutely. And then now, here we got a little additional scene too that we didn't have. Maybe next week, Matt, huh? Maybe. It's kind of baby steps. You know, at least now he's walking by. <laughs> he's thinking about it, about coming back to the church. And then here comes Yurk to tie everything up. Ben. I'm with my kids, I quit. Gum's going to kill me quicker. How are you? It's a very good shot of Ben here. Yeah. Don't thank me so quick. See, and I like this because we met him in the courtroom and we had a feeling that he was after Matt Murdock. And then we got off in the Kingpin store and he says, no, no, I'm, justice is blind. There's a whole other story here to tell, a huge story. And it's his Pulitzer, you know. In fact, you remember the earlier draft? He yes. was The narrator was Ben Urich. But I'm a reporter, kid. Violence doesn't discriminate. Used to end here on him, but now we show he's got a little cellmate down the hall here. There's Kingpin, and there's Wesley right next to him, as always. Until it sinks into your bones, leaving you with a chill you can't shake. That's great. This was one of those debates I remember with the studio, which was like, they're like, all the bad guys live. And uh, the girl dies. <laughs> I was like, yeah, isn't that cool? Isn't that interesting? There were some debate <laughs> that these guys should be dead. And I said, no. Can't kill Bullseye that easy or Kingpin. This is such a great Bullseye moment. 
We were laughing very hard during this. It was yeah. hard to keep... Uh, this is Colin's first day in the movie, shooting the scene. That's how good he is. Look at that. Just show up day one and do this. Same day we did his entrance in the escalator. Right. Those two scenes, as different as they are, the beginning and the end of the movie for him all in one day and his first day. This is actually in New York in Hell's Kitchen. And back to Los Angeles, and here's our necklace. Don't touch it, Matt. It's that good luck necklace. <laughs> 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 oh, it's too uh, see, it's too late. He touched it. Uh, he's dead. Well, he could lose his mother. No problem. <laughs> Remember, we had that horrible shot across the street of that girl. <laughs> We had a double dressed up as Electra <laughs> jumping off the roof. Oh. Of the studio wanted to have it as insurance in case people were too confused whether or not she was really alive or not. Of course, you know, the argument was it's up to imagination, but we think she is. So we had this horrible shot of a girl. That shot was off. done at 5 o'clock, 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. Do you remember? And to Ben's credit, do you remember he stayed with it? Yeah. He stayed with us. Yeah, no, Joey Pants is a real deal, man. Yeah, Joey was great. And that was the night of the lovemaking scene. It was a long night. A Miserable, long cold New York. One man can make a difference. Go get him. Remember, he used to have that nice line where he was voiceover. Yes. Benry says, My Pollard Surprise. Shame no one will ever read it. And he hits delete. So many versions of this movie, so many drafts, you know? Go get him, Matt. Hell's Kitchen is my neighborhood. I prowl the rooftops and alleyways at night, watching from the darkness, forever in darkness. Yeah, the backflip. Classic. Yeah, Joe Casada drawing. Classic. So that's it. That's uh, that's the story version of the story, as we call it. You know, they they they, they both work. For me, this tells a bigger story. The real story. We see Matt working. We see what the friendship. How deep is a friendship? Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, you, you you really capture. Good I think stuff, I think overall, you know, the most, you know, the, the the aspects of the friendship, but mostly for me, it was the fact that he was the champion of the little person. That's a big part of the yeah. character of Matt Murdock in the comics, and that got lost in, in the theatrical release of the movie. That you know, he'll take the case, others won't. He'll take those pro bono cases. He'll represent the drug addicts and the prostitutes and the people that get forgotten, and he's ultimately rewarded for that by bringing down the most powerful guy in the city. And I think that's, that was a big part of the story that uh, I really missed. I felt that this cut, it's, it, it really brings, there is a reason to go after justice. In, in the theatrical, he wins the fight and the kingpin and the police comes and no one is sure what, all what we know, the mano a mano got, got put away. But by unraveling the case and understanding the mystery and 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 the conspiracy and seeing seeing how he gets the other cop to admit mm -hmm. that he's powerless actually mm -hmm. that the kingpin controls a lot more than than at the end when you see him in jail with his assistant <laughs> in the next cell. I think it's it's 
there is a moral to the story. Yeah, I do too. And I also think, you know, an important part of this this cut is that you see more of the human side of Matt Murdock. You see a lot more of his struggles. Yeah. You see what he does outside of the costume and outside of the courtroom to make a difference. And all those things, even the jokes between he and Foggy, all those things humanize him. Yes. And they make you care about him more so you don't feel like you're just watching, you know, characters fighting. You feel like you're watching a real person. And, and all those things, uh, I think, have a cumulative effect. Um, I'm just happy that Coolio now will see how good he is. I know, I know. He did such a great job. He I did bad. such a great job. <laughs> and, and by lifting the whole subplot uh, and so great great moments the braille and the dog and and the personal moments yeah and i think in retrospect if you see the long fights here mm -hmm. you really wish they were in the movie because there were different kind of fights yeah burn knuckle there were the neighborhood kind of the, it's about brutality life and death it's not finesse and yeah. then when you go to the to the playground you see two people who are looking for for affection yeah, this this foreplay type of fighting, and and when the bodyguard shows up, that's the thing I miss about about this cut is that it seems like neither one of them wanted to stop it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't by then she wasn't fighting to defend herself. It was like they both got to show themselves exactly, yeah. and they felt really close. It's like playtime. The two kids are having great time, and someone comes in and say. That's it. Come back to your respective worlds. Mm -hmm. Neither one of you can really expose yourself. Yeah. And how she finds him anyhow. Yeah. All of that's really important. You know, you it's, know? it's and then... really important things. And, and in, in some ways, I know everybody wanted the lovemaking scene. But the truth is that the version in which they didn't end up in bed is, is more desperate. Is more about the fact that he... He's continuously yeah. giving up things that that he deserves actually more than anybody. That's right. Um, that's right. So, cool. Well, that's it. I hope you, everybody enjoyed it, and uh, you know, I can make up their own mind which version is like better. And Mark, you know, it was a. You and I have been through this movie for a long time, and. And it's going a proud from stock, journey. From stalking to acceptance. Yes, to, <laughs> to love affair. And, and, you know, to me, if, if I can shed a tear in a movie and, and, and feel the emotions I feel with, with our characters in the comics, but as to some of us, people like you, they're living people. Mm. And, and we accomplished it. I think we, we have... Again, within the size of the budget, we have a big movie, and, and that's why the director cut is so important to see the thinking behind some of the pictures that were the scenes that you saw. The, the It'd be interesting yeah. to uh, to save the very first draft ever of the script and put yeah. that, you know, and yeah. it, it would be a fun thing to go through together. It was great. Yeah, we had such a good time. We had a great it. time because it was every geek thing in the world we wanted to put in there. All the and origins. Great, yeah. And, and you bet. It's, uh, there's a, all of uh, young Matt in, in the wrestling world and putting on his dad's ah, wrestling and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, things that you forget about that really, you know, sometimes you got to go back to that very first draft and say, what about this was... I just feel this is a bigger movie. Mm. But all in all, both versions are great. 
and and I'm glad now people will get to see the story behind the story. <laughs> <laughs> and All thanks right. again. All right, thank you.